0: Grain-maker. Hey! Hey! Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a prairie-proud wrestling podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Buccico. I hope you're doing well. By the time you're listening to this, it'll probably already be at the beginning of December. Uh, I'm not recording it in December. it's still November, but uh nonetheless here we are and uh hopefully you're you're gonna enjoy this episode. Um, when I first decided to start doing the podcast, I was thinking of what I could talk about, and you know, I thought, okay, I have interviews with uh independent wrestlers, a lot of local wrestlers from Winnipeg or from you know North Dakota, Minneapolis, Saskatchewan, all the areas within Winnipeg uh, that are driving distance, really. Um, and then you know I thought about doing that, and then you know previewing upcoming shows, reviewing pay-per-views, all that fun stuff. And I had also thought that I would do you know DVD releases when they came out because I'm a huge fan of PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla. and I have been for about five years. And how that came to be was, I remember in 2016, it was right after the PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Um, Dave Meltzer had tweeted out that there was a trios match on the Battle of Los Angeles that was one of the best matches he'd he'd had ever seen. And it was between the Young Bucks and Adam Cole against Ricochet, Will Ospreay, and Matt Seidel. Now, I was familiar with the Young Bucks, familiar with Adam Cole, but I only knew in passing of Osprey, Ricochet, and I mean, when Matt Seidel was in WWE, I was not tuned in at all, so I caught very little of his in-ring wrestling, but he had said, you know what, this is a great match, it's one of the best matches he'd ever seen, so I was like, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to go out of my way, I'm going to order the three discs, it was night one, two, and three and since that point i was hooked that trio's match was one of the best matches i have ever seen it is one of my favorites i could go back and watch it anytime and from that point on i was hooked so now i make it a point where when the new dvds come out i order them so i'm still from 2016 i'm there's still pieces that i'm missing but i try to fill that in whenever pwg has their holiday sale or Checking out, you know, online if I can find it. But I've done, I've gone pretty strong since 2019. So 2020 was a write-off for PWG. They had their Kobe event planned. That ended up getting canceled due to COVID. And then they only came back in August of 2021 with their PWG Mystery Vortex. And basically Mystery Vortex is they don't announce any of the matches ahead of time. So you're going in not knowing what's going on so that happened in the summertime and then beginning of september was pwg three men to six the i just got my dvd last week and today's episode is actually just going to be a review of the blu-ray so it was actually a lot of fun the card was great um lots of you know newer talent on there making their debuts some you know older one older talent veterans who have been there for a little while and even you know the returns Uh, malachi black tommy and his return in ring to pwg so that's what today's episode is going to be we're going to look at the blu-ray just go over things talk about that and just have a little bit of fun with it so pwg it's one of the few events that are on my bucket list i want to go to a pwg event i'm sure one day maybe i'll be able to convince my girlfriend that we should you know make the trip down there and i can go watch pwg and she can come too if she likes but she might not be into that. Nonetheless, we're going to kick things off. PWG, three men to six. The The disc started off with Tony Deppen versus Evil Uno. Um, the first time I saw Tony Deppen was on the PWG Battle of LA 2019. It was him and Blake Christian against Alex Zane and Joey Janela. So right there, I mean, that was the first time seeing Blake Christian, first time seeing alex zane and with tony depp i mean it was a uh, quite the influx of talent which is really still making waves on the indies today so tony depp if you're not familiar with him he's i would describe him as the snot-nosed bratty little brother um just pisses everyone off does whatever he can to get under your skin and it is very evident especially in you know the pwg environment where I mean, when I go through it, the amount of times he flipped off the fans or Evil Uno was ridiculous. So, um, Tony Deppin versus Evil Uno. Deppin from the sweetest place on earth, Hershey, Pennsylvania. We all we all love chocolate because you can't go wrong. So, the, the match actually, it started off with a very different spot. And something like this that I hadn't seen before where, you know, you'll sometimes see like, you know, maybe – each wrestler alternates eyeing a guy. Well, this was alternating shoulder blocks. So Deppin would run into Uno. Uno would bounce off the ropes, run into Deppin. And Deppin would bounce off the ropes back and forth going at it. It was a different spot, but it still it got the crowd into it right off the bat. That was a lot of fun. And if you haven't watched the PWG event, Excalibur from AEW, he does the commentating. He's been with them for as long as I can remember. Um, even wrestling for them before he was on commentary he was joined by good old Chucky T Chuck Taylor and uh, Chucky T kicking things off with I mean the burn of the burn of the night where he goes dark order more like dork order and if you are familiar with Chucky T the way he delivers that line is just fantastic so um, at one point in the match Deppen is uh, he's biting evil Uno's hand and while that's going on he's flipping off the crowd like i said he's the annoying little brother so uh uno hit up uh, hit a step up herokorona and it's always impressive when a bigger guy can do moves like that you know you'd never think i mean if you're watching 10 years ago you'd never think someone like evil uno would be able to do that but nowadays seeing ones like evil uno keith lee there's another name I'm thinking of but I'm drawing a blank who uh, I was very impressed with their size and being able to do more higher flying moves Brody King. Um, they can do the higher higher move high flying moves you know the different spots and it allows them to stand out a little bit more. So uh Tony Deppen just an absolute shit heel throughout the entire match and one thing I like is when you see something like that in a match you always want to see him get his come and, I mean, the exact same thing was in this match. You know, you're watching this. You want to see Uno get the win. The crowd is fully behind Uno. Hayden on Deppin. Um, and, I mean, I mentioned it. Chucky T even mentions it on on commentary. Do, Tony Deppin loves flipping the bird. Just loves it. So, uh, Deppin with one of the bigger high-risk moves hitting a huge Topekon hero to the outside. Um, once again, Evil Uno's ability or uh, agility sorry is really something something special and you really like to see it so the end came evil uno hit a canadian destroyer turned that into something evil got the win it was a fun little opening match i mean they, they definitely got the crowd into it got the crowd going quite well and it was a lot of fun after that they uh, followed up with aramis versus dragon lee so aramis and dragon lee they've both wrestled for uh, pwg for the past little bit and uh They started off with just some chain wrestling, going back and forth, having a lot of fun. Um, There was a Tiaris by uh, Aramis, followed by a Tope Suicida. And this match, the best way to describe it was just, it's an absolute sprint. Just both guys going all out. And it's a lot of fun. I love this style of match, the style of wrestling. Um, It's like, this is what PWG is known for. The high-flying, the just having fun with it. So I think that's a, it really allows them to stand out and, you know, have more enjoyment with it. So Aramis, he hits his Tope Suicida Dragon Lee. He follows up with his own Tope Suicida and these two are, they're really just going shot for shot and they are some stiff, stiff moves. And you know, Aramis hits a forearm uh, Dragon Lee right back with his own. I I love this kind of thing, you know, gets the crowd going into it, lot of fun to watch and both these guys they just they're alternating high impact moves you know trying to get the better of each other trying to one-up the next one but it's not really standing. so uh aramis he locks in a single leg crab on him and while he's doing this he's actually stepping on dragon lee's head which is a nice little touch to the move you know just adding a little bit more insult to injury um dragon lee he actually had aramis tied up and aramis he escaped out of it and hit a liger bomb looked incredible and Excalibur and Chucky e. T were marking out for it too so um, Dragon Lee he ends up hitting a poison Rana goes for a flying crossbody but while he goes for it Aramis countered it into his own uh, crossbody like I said this match was a lot of fun uh, Aramis torture rack into a spin-out powerbomb and I, I would be amiss if I didn't mention Dragon Lee in his New Japan history because I mean he was a lot of fun over there and you really hope that eventually when you know the pandemic loosens up a bit that he can go back over there because you know the battle of super juniors it's going to be a lot more fun when you can have a dragon league go over there reunite re uh not reunite but uh reignite his feud with uh, takahashi and just have some more of those banger matches that you know the super juniors are known for Aramis back at it it's a springboard 450 knee drop to the face looked very brutal uh dragonly he ends up hitting a ripcord v trigger follows up follows it up with another running knee gets the win this match was a lot of fun i'm a huge fan of the lucha style the high-flying style and i'm down for this style anytime after that we got jonathan gresham versus alex shelley and this is a number one contenders match um so Jonathan Gresham, we're all familiar with him. He's one of the best pure wrestlers in wrestling today. Very few people can, you know, hold a candle to him. He's fantastic in the ring. I mean, obviously, there are the ones that we know are better, you know, the Zack Sabres, the Brian Danielsons and such, but Jonathan Gresham is still in a league of his own, and it should not be, you know, it should be noted just how great he is. Um, Jonathan Gresham just looking like an a jacked up tank. Like, he's a solid dude, but here he was, he looked even bigger. Gresham and Shelley, they start off doing chain wrestling, just lots of counters back and forth, lots of mat wrestling. And Alex Shelley really doesn't get the credit he deserves for his mat wrestling. I mean, a lot of people are, they know of Shelley from his time with the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, his time in New Japan with, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, he went to uh, NXT and he's stuck in the uh, jacket life. Uh, Kushida, there we go. Um, his time with Kushida as the time splitters. But he, his mad wrestling, his ground, ground game, his grappling, it's really great. It's really something special to watch. Um, Gresham with some fantastic joint manipulation on Shelly's arm. Just the way he was bending it, torquing on it, maneuvering it around, and at one point the crowd you could hear them audibly gasp, and that's something that you really don't get nowadays in matches. Very few and far between will something be so vicious that the crowd will actually react in that sort of sense, you know. So that was something really nice. Uh, Alex Shelley at one point was seated on the apron, and Gresham just hit a huge drop kick, knocking him off. Uh, Shelley step up Insiguri, and he had been looking for a flatliner throughout the match, and the uh, more notably a flatliner into the turnbuckle, and after the Insiguri, he actually hit it for a great-looking spot. Um, Alex Shelley hits a shell shock, follows it up with a Border City stretch, which he had locked in a few times throughout the match, ends up getting the win. So Alex Shelley is your number one contender for the PWG World Championship. And I guess leading up to this, because... Bandido, the current PWG champ, is in Ring of Honor, and also the champ there, and Jonathan Gresham being a Ring of Honor wrestler as well. Uh, PWG withheld having Gresham versus Bandido because that's what ROH was planning. Obviously, this event happened before the news of ROH going on hiatus, so it kind of makes you wonder if they would have gone the other way and had Gresham win nonetheless i mean alex shelley versus bandito in my mind is a match i'm looking forward to and i still need to pre-order that blu-ray i'll get to it eventually but it's just it's not in the cards right now you know christmas is around the corner maybe santa will bring it i don't know it probably won't even be out by christmas but i will say that they're when they announce that the uh discs have shipped their shipping is very fast and that's from someone in winnipeg and their offices in California. So Uh, after that, we had a trios match and I love me some trios matches. This one had Jack Cartwheel, Alex Zane, Dante Martin versus Lee Moriarty, Trey Miguel, Myron Reed. What could go wrong in this match? What is lineup? This is basically the, not only the present, but the future of PWG. The future of wrestling, all six of these are incredibly talented, fantastic in the ring, just an absolute pleasure to watch. I would be amiss if I didn't mention just how much the crowd was into Dante Martin. And I mean, Dante is someone who I'm a huge fan of. I have a lot of respect for him and his brother Darius. They are an incredible tag team and just one of the many bright, you know, bright spots in the future, so to say, you know. Dante has been able to come into his own uh, the past little bit while Darius has been hurt on AEW and just really be been able to step it up and still be a part of the show. Because so many times tag team wrestlers, one of the wrestlers will get hurt, the other kind of disappears till they're, they get back, and they might not necessarily get to the same level. But at least having Dante still there, still being a part of everything, it gives me a lot more hope. And I mean just the fact that they're both in AEW together that alone gives me more hope than anything. So, but Dante is just incredible and I mean back in the early summer before or back in the summer when he was first having those singles matches and there was a it was either a tag team or a trios match and Kenny Omega was involved and him and Omega just had a great back and forth and I thought at the time just how great of a match him versus Omega would have been at the Um, New York show, the outdoor show. I mean, ultimately, we got a great match with Danielson and Omega, but I thought that those two would have put on a fantastic singles match, something that you could have really built to and really had something special there. It was a a cartwheel exhibition to start the match. Um, If you're not familiar with them, Jack Cartwheel is fantastic in the ring, Uh, very agile, very quick, and very, what's the word, like, He's good at gymnastics and shit. We'll say that, you know, like he can do, he's got great core strength, great upper body, card wheels, nonstop. And he can do like the, where you like have one hand on the ground and he's holding the ropes and he can like elevate his legs. So, you know, like, I don't know, he's like parallel to the ground. It looks great. He did a move like that where he was on the outside doing that and he swept his legs and did a sweep kick. So something different but uh, Jack Cardwheel, Trey Miguel, and Rick Knox, they're all busting out Cardwheels to start. And this match, it was just so damn fast. I mean, I missed so much when I was taking notes, but it was just so much fun watching. Um, Some of the highlights on this one, I mean, Alex Zane, he hit a standing corkscrew shooting star into a senton on Moriarty in the ring. Um, Dante hit a huge Tiaris on Myron Reed. And uh, I learned through this match that... uh, Chuck E.T. and uh, Trent, the good old best friends, they faced Myron Reed and Hoovy in a tag match. So that's just a little tidbit for you. Uh, Trey Miguel, he, Hurricane Ron, and Alex Zane from the inside of the ring to the outside. Jack Cardwheel hit a tope suicida. Then Myron Reed hit one. Then Dante Martin hit one. Then Lee Moriarty hit one. And then uh, Jack Cardwheel ended up hitting a, a Sasuke special onto all of them. So. Th- it was just a nonstop sprint. Everyone's just going balls out. It was just something else. Um, the, uh, they did a spot in the ring where it was a six way sleeper where everyone had the next person into a sleeper in a sleeper hold. And then Rick Knox ended up getting involved in it too. And then hit a stunner and it just rippled through everyone and everyone sold it huge. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, Alex Zane after the, uh, Uh, there's two spots that I kind of skipped past. After Cardwheel hit that Sasuke special, I mean, Dante hit a huge springboard senton senton off the top rope to the outside. And while all this is going on, Alex Zane actually, he made his way up into the balcony and hit a Sky Twister press off of it. Just looked fucking incredible. So this match, just an absolute car crash, but so much fun. Uh, Trey Miguel, he catapulted Jack Cardwheel on the apron. And while Cardwheel's going up, Myron Reed came running and uh, jumped over the top rope and hit a cutter on him to the to the floor. Just looked great. Uh, Miguel hit a, a lightning spiral suplex on Zane and Martin at the same time, followed up with a Moodle lock on Jack Hartwheel. Uh, Alex Zane, a shooting star, double knees to the back of Myron's head, Jack Cardwheel hit a Sky Arrow Twister, gets the win, and just a, a fun match. I mean, there was a few slip ups here and there, but they still, they really, uh, it was really a showcase just for what all six of them can do and just having fun with things. And that's, you know, that's what's important is having fun with wrestling because why else are we here? So uh, after that, we had JD Drake versus AJ Gray. Uh, this is the first time I've seen AJ Gray. I know he's done a lot of stuff for GCW. But this was a completely different match than the last one. Just night and day difference. This was just, it was a straight up hoss battle. That's the best way to put it. If I was to describe it with a, uh, a picture of sorts, it would be the Big E proclaiming Big meaty men slapping meat—that's the best way to describe it. These two were just pummeling the shit out of each other. It was a rough physical battle, and you could tell that towards the end of it, they were both just getting gassed because they were going all out. Um, JD Drake, at one point, he hit a huge high kick that impressed everyone in the in the um, Globe Theater. Even Excalibur and Chucky T were marking out for it. So, uh, JD Drake hit a boss man slam for a two count and both JD Drake and AJ Gray, they were dishing out some of the most vicious chops that I've ever seen or heard. Like these chops were loud. I was very impressed with it. I mean, as someone who was chopped full gear weekend, um, like it was sore the next day, you know, it was, it was hurting a bit, but, uh, to To have that and then you see these guys dishing them out, like, I can only imagine how much pain they were in afterwards. Like, just, my God, the chops were so vicious. Um, the end of this house battle, it came with uh, J.D. Drake hitting a moonsault and gets the win. I really like that J.D. Drake, he's not, you know, he's a big dude. He's a solid dude. And PWG, you get a lot of the technical wrestlers, a lot of the high flyers, but having a guy like J.D. Drake who can come in and just throw down, he's got the brawler style, hard-hitting. I like that they have that diversity in there, the different uh, a different wrestling look. So it's nice, and it's interesting to see where they go with him and PWG. Hopefully he sticks around, keeps doing that. I want to say at the next event it was him and Anthony Green, facing off against the tag champs, but I could be mistaken. I don't have it in front of me, and I, it'll all get edited out, but there's already numerous pauses where I had to go and like look something up real quick, so uh, I, I don't need to do any more. Uh, next up, we had the co-main event. It was uh, Black Taroos and Evil Flamita against uh, the House of Black. Brody King and malachi black i know house of Black's not their name but i like that name it's, it's a solid name it was their name is something different but it's house of something but um they announced right off the bat that this was for the pwg tag champs tag championships because the old previous champions were the rascals who are now msk in wwe and they did not have a chance to lose the titles on their way out so this match was going to crown new tag champs. Match kicks off, and I mean, it's a, a brawl right from the get-go. King and Malachi Black go after them right as the bell sounds. Flamita, he, he had a double springboard elbow on both and them. Looked really great. Uh, I'd mentioned before that Brody King, he's a very, very agile high flyer. He's very luchador-esque, and I mean, he had a match at a previous show. I can't remember who it was with maybe Bandito or it was flamita or horus it was one of the the luchadors where he was going move for move with them and it really showed his lucha um knowledge he's he can move with the best of them and i mean you've seen brody king he's a big guy big solid dude but he's very agile he can move fast he's he's got that explosiveness uh one thing that was very evident with this match um and even with uh dynamite from uh, a week or two ago was just how great malachi black works with Luchadors, uh with phoenix and penta on dynamite you know you see the interactions and you want after you see that i was clamoring for singles feuds between malachi black and phoenix and malachi black and pentagon watching black work with Eva Flamida and that was something that I was wanting from this like give me a singles match between these two I want to see what one-on-one they're able to do outside of a tag team setting uh back to the match black truce he hit a he was uh, holding Malachi black up in a press slam kicked it into a Samoan drop got a huge huge uh, pop for that one Flamida channeling his inner tony depp and flipping off black taurus in the corner just he's flipping him off as just as much as he can um brody king he actually got uh flamita up for a death valley driver and landed that on black taurus who was uh down in the corner flamita and malachi black had a great exchange of kicks and it led to a near fall like they were going all out it reminded me of the uh Suri stardom UWF rules match from earlier this week just with how vicious the kicks were. And I mean, I said before that I'm down for Malachi Black and Flamita. Give me Black Taurus versus everyone because Black Taurus is something special. I'm waiting for anyone to book him. Anyone in driving distance, please book Black Taurus so that I may see him wrestle in person. Um, whether it be him versus... Malachi Black, her, him versus Brody King, Black Truce is a lot of fun to watch. So, uh, there was a few spots in this match that seemed like they were just a split second off, like just there would be a little bit of a lull, you know, whether it was breaking up a pinfall or whatever. It was noticeable, but it didn't deter from the match at all. Uh, Black Truce hit a corkscrew a corkscrew topé suicida to Malachi Black. And the end of this one, it came when uh, Brody King he hit a pile driver on Flamita. Malachi Black hit Black Mass on uh, Black Tarus. They got the win. They're the new PWG tag champs. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun just watching those two work together, seeing what they're able to do in PWG as champions. And it made me really hope that at some point we get Brody King and AEW. Um, teaming with Black, because I think they'd be a lot of fun against a lot of the AEW tag teams that there are. So I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I think it would be a lot of fun. Now, the main event for this card was the returning Davey Richards facing off against the PWG world champion, Bandido. Uh, Davey Richards, this past year, he's really had a resurgent. I mean, he's popped up in MLW. He's been doing a lot of the independents. I think he was on... The WrestleMax St. Louis card a few uh, couple months ago, if I'm not mistaken. So this has really been a resurgence. He took uh, some time off back about three years ago just to uh, go back to his studies, and you know, gotta look out for uh, look out for number one. So he's back, and this was actually his return to PWG. His last match in PWG was actually back in 2015, so six years, and he's back facing off against Bandito for the title. Just like Alex Shelley, Davey Richards is, I I feel that he's incredibly underrated. You know, great grappling, great mat skills, lots of near uh, close submission attempts in this, you know. It was when Richards was announced for MLW uh, earlier this year, him and Bobby Fish, I I got a little worried that they would get lost in the shuffle. But I mean, with what Bobby Fish has been able to do, on AEW, and, I mean, Davey Richards in MLW, here in PWG. He's really been able to uh, really come back, and it's not like he missed a step at all, you know? You could still slot him in there, and you're still going to get a fantastic match out of him. So it's really uh, promising to see, you know? So uh, Davey Richards was the aggressor early on, and all throughout the match, you know, really playing up the, the, uh, you know, the tough challenger, uh, almost the heel-esque in a sort of a way. Not like overly, but you could tell just by the way he was wrestling. He, very aggressive. So uh, Bandito using his speed and quickness, trying to gain the advantage from that. Richards actually, he locked a Bandito in a modified Texas cloverleaf that looked really great. Um, he had the cloverleaf going on, and he also had the arm kind of tied up in his legs too. So something a little different, but just uh, you see something like that and it's just just a small little uh, difference and it just really makes you appreciate this, you know? Um, Davey Richards, he had a fantastic trailer hitch submission locked in for a close uh, near attempt before Bandito got to the ropes. Bandito selling his knee, he hits two tope suicidas, still... I mean, gets back to the ring, still selling the, goes for a third one, uh, but, uh, or sorry, it hits the two, and then he hits a pop up cutter on Richards. So, a little different. Uh, Davy Richards hit a huge, massive stalling superplex on Bandito, got a huge reaction out of the crowd. Richards and Bandito with a huge striking change back and forth. Bandito ended up hitting uh, two super kicks, followed by a poison rana, that followed up by a huge lariat by Davy Richards. Like this match was a lot of fun. I had modified expectations going in, but it definitely delivered. So Richards, he had uh, Bandito on the apron, and then he hit a huge exploder suplex, followed it up with the a double foot stomp off the top rope, got a two count. Richards with an ankle lock, and as he had the ankle lock locked in, he wouldn't let go. Bandito rolled him up, got the, uh, like an out of nowhere win the crowd loved it because they weren't expecting it. So normally in a lot of PWG matches, you're getting the, you know, kicking out of three or four finishing moves, you know, which I have no problem with. I love that kind of shit. So even just to change it up a little bit and do something different like this, it was fun. I thought that uh, Davy Richards looked incredible in this match. Didn't miss a step. And you really want to see more of him after this, whether it's being able to uh, make a name for himself with MLW and propelling that to something else, or even maybe a shot in AEW along that Matt Seidel, Bobby Fish sort of uh, level. Maybe even back in Impact, him and uh, Eddie Edwards reforming the American Wolves. During the match, you even got a, a wolf howl from Davey Richards. So, But... That was easily, that one and the uh, trios match, because I don't want to forget about that one. Those are my two favorites on the event. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it clocked in under three hours, so if you got time, it's definitely worth a watch, whether you're ordering the DVD or finding it by other means online, which, you know, if that's your thing, go for it, because why not? Um, nonetheless, the entire card was fun. I love watching PWG. You're getting a mix of the best indie wrestlers in wrestling today with a couple, you know, names, a couple of the regulars, you know, the Banditos, the Malachi Blacks and such, the ones wrestling for bigger promotions, but still being able to go back and wrestle for PWG. So... If you haven't watched PWG before, go on your way, check it out. There's tons of highlight videos up on YouTube. Uh, You know, like little five, six-minute video packages of a match. You'll see what it's all about. It's a lot of fun, a lot of the same stuff that I support, I believe in. So if you haven't, I think you would not be disappointed watching it. So that's it for this episode. Um, Like always... Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I say it every time. I will always say it because, hey, it means a lot to me that you're taking time out of your day to listen to me to talk about wrestling. So thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're not following me on Twitter, you can check me out on Twitter at Pod. Shoot me a follow. Shoot me a like. Uh, or, you know, just come on there and chat wrestling because You know, that's what we're here for is to talk about the business that we love. So emails, grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. The podcast is up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. If you are a podcast listener of a different uh, one that it's not up on there, let me know. I'll find it for you. I'll get it put up on there. Uh, Facebook page, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. It's a lot of matches, a lot of stuff like that, that uh, I'll just post up there just whenever I get a chance. So, uh, that's it for the socials. You know, uh, like I said, up on Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, if you could like rate review, I would appreciate that. I saw that I got another rating. So it's tickled my heart that someone would rate. So I got a few of them up there. So thank you to whoever did that. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it for today. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. Hopefully some, uh, Some fun things coming in the next few weeks. I'll know more after this weekend, so fingers crossed it goes through. But uh, thanks again. We'll talk soon.